0: Hello and welcome to Forget the Numbers. This week on the podcast, we'll be talking about student wellbeing and how preparing for exams is not just about staying on top of your study, but also looking after yourself. I'll also be discussing recent news of the world's most competitive cities for business and also what companies are doing to reduce their plastic usage and throwaway culture. Finally, we'll answer some questions sent in by our listeners this week. So joining me today is Kate. Hi, Kate.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: And what we're going to be doing this week is talking about student well-being. And it's particularly relevant at the moment. We're kind of in the aftermath of the exams. And sometimes it's good to kind of take stock of where you're at in your own head. There's probably a lot of people preparing for the September sitting and they're trying to get back into that um that mindset to prepare for exams and that can be quite difficult if you've had you know maybe a particularly stressful last few weeks kind of building yourself to get back into that study routine. So Kate what tips would you have for someone who is looking to get into that routine but is also trying to manage their their personal life again trying to keep on top of their own well-being?
1: Yeah I mean this comes up a lot I think and it's a good time to start talking about it now right and not you know so close to the exam because you can put in. Um, you can set good habits now and a good routine now, um, and I think it's exactly that. It's setting a routine. Like it comes up a lot for us. Um, it's a it's a question that comes out up quite regularly for um, for us, and it's essentially have a timetable, stick to it, be realistic about your time, be realistic about what you can study um you know get lots of sleep exercise don't deny you know the things as well that are important to you in your life such as um such as it could be that you you know you're part of a team or you you exercise and you need that to kind of to get yourself focused and do those things but be Be very set about the amount that you need to achieve. And I think something that comes up a lot, which is key to like effective studying, but it's also key to kind of a good sense of well-being and to keep calm is um, do a little bit often.
0: Yeah, we're all about that. And kind of what you said there is quite relevant to the podcast last week where we talked about study plans and kind of setting out your goals for the next sitting and the next couple of weeks. And I think what's really important with those plans is you can tailor them not just to include your study and what you're trying to achieve, you know, academically during the week, but you can also add in to those weeks, the different things you've on, maybe the kind of exercise you want to get Mm -hmm. in, what free time you have, what free time you want to keep and where you can study. So while those study plans really set out, you know, weekly, what needs to be done um from the kind of theory and study point of view, you can definitely incorporate those elements of your own personal life into it. And I think that's really important with your study to kind of make sure that you don't end up just studying the whole time or falling behind that you build in those aspects of your own life into it. And if there's days you're not going to be able to do any study because you're doing stuff with friends or you have sport, that you can make up for that in other days. But it doesn't mean you have to um, cancel those plans you already mm-hmm. have.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, I think um you kind of touched on some of the points there about things like diet and sleep. How mm. important do you think that is to actually bring you to effective study?
1: I think it's super important. Um I think uh, particularly sleep, like if you're not if you're not getting enough sleep and you're going you, you're approaching anything um, you know, being sleep deprived, it's never a good start. People don't recommend driving with it. We certainly would not recommend studying or sitting in an exam and um, when you're sleep deprived. So it's about taking that time to be calm, probably creating really good habits. Um, I know like sleep is a really big topic now in terms of, because obviously... A lot of people are using using mobile devices, and we even know kind of with stats coming through online signal, people are using mobile devices studying, which is absolutely incredible because it can it can um, you know it can you can incorporate learn signal and studying into your everyday life such as commuting, etc., and it becomes very accessible for you. But at the same time, with that, I would say with mobile, be it studying or be it, you know, social, make sure you've turned off your phone, you've put it on flight mode, at least 30 minutes before you go to sleep, things like that. And I think even studying, try and for try and like unwind before you do go to sleep. And that would probably be Good bit of rest. And it's about, you know, what Connor said in terms of that timetable. Once you organize something, you know what you're doing, you kind of then can make room for your, you know, sleeping, relaxing time, read your book, listen to your podcast, listen to your nice relaxing music before you go to sleep. And that will all set you up better for more effective Um, more effective studying the next day and a a thing that comes up I haven't I haven't done the ACCA and I just learn I just kind of learn from the guys in terms of the tips um, for students but something that comes up all the time is it's you know it's application over regurgitation and you have to actually properly understand the work that that, you know understand what you're studying in a practical sense and you can only really do that with a fresh mind it's not like I need to learn this and I'm going to regurgitate it so sleep is so important it's super important for many reasons i mean there's uh, everyone knows diet super important for you know nutrition and like good energy throughout the day so i think that that i think that that's super important and hopefully everybody's you know eating food that's good for their body and good for kind of um you know energy and performance that day but i think then that twofold also contributes to good sleep
0: yeah and i think and again you kind of touched on some of the points there it's really important to find what works for you. And there's no, you know, there's no one format. There's no one plan or routine that we can give to one student. Mm. But I think finding those elements that work for you and help with your study, but also help manage the rest of your life is really important. So, you know, looking at when are you most productive with your study? Mm. um, When, you know, eating what helps you study better? When you can incorporate exercise, how you feel after that? Sometimes mm. I used to find you know, if I'd been out for a run or been playing sport, sometimes I studied better than after that. Yeah. So it, I think it's really important you kind of find those little things that help you, that work for you so that when you are studying, you're not finding yourself really tired. You're not, you know, not having effective study because mm-hmm. that's the last thing you want. You know, it's no good sitting down for two hours if at the end of it, it had no benefit to you. So it's really about bringing these elements of well-being into your routine so that you feel good when you're studying and that you get the most out of it. Mm -hmm, Um, So yeah, I think that's essential. One of the things we actually looked at in a previous podcast, and it's a good reference point to send people back to, was the kind of mental health side to studying. And we talked to students around that time and and people often say that it can be quite lonely or you, you get the feeling that maybe, you know, you're the only one going through it or your family, your friends or colleagues don't really understand how much pressure you, you're under. And we talked to the Samaritans. And if you go back and look at our podcast, you'll find that podcast with them. But the big thing that came out of that was really about talking to others and mm. not feeling alone in the, the your study journey. Mm. And if you are under a lot of stress or pressure, letting people know and even just talking about it can help get it off your chest. Um, and you might find then if you're feeling pressure at work, mm. but you let them know about your studies, they can be understanding. Yeah. Would you agree with? <laughs>
1: totally. and I think that that's where structure also comes into it, because similarly, you know, the Samaritans talked about, right, well, if you have... If there's something that's kind of bothering you, if you do talk to somebody and you verbalize it, you sometimes realize actually it wasn't, you know, the fact that you haven't washed your dishes at home, it's something else that's bothering you. <laughs> and it's like putting that, putting that kind of, taking that time back to not get totally caught into something that it becomes completely huge. And it's the same way in, in in studying, don't get totally like stuck into Oh my god I have to do so much. Rather than look at it from a distance, from an organized approach, know that you can do it. You can do it with the tools that 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 we have at Learn Signal as well. They're very like they're they're tools designed to to get you they're tools they're tools designed to pass you, and and don't underestimate that that there is a lot available for you to pass, and you will be able to do it. So if you take that step back, instead of some people, I think as well, kind of go, well, I'm not going to do the timetable, or I'm not going to do like the, I'm not going to map out this week because. I could be studying, mapping, and night But if you have... It's the same if you're going into a job. If you take the time to go, this is what I want to achieve today. This is the amount of time that I have. And these are my goals. You'll be a lot more effective. Um, so, yeah. So I think from both, as kind of said, you know, talking to your friends and family and letting them know that you might be under pressure, letting them know that you might be busy. And that came up a lot with the Samaritans um, podcast that we did. And then also taking the time to structure your week, be realistic about your time, is really effective for, for well-being, but also also good study.
0: Yeah, and the the last thing that um, we'll kind of say on this, which ties into the well-being, is just some of the support that we have at LearnSignal. So most of you will be familiar with the um, the 24-hour chat support we have. So that's not just for, you know, asking technical questions or topics you're stuck on. But if you do have issues with your study or, you know, other aspects of your kind of study journey, you can ask them there. Um, So you can find that on the LearnSignal site. And then the new thing which we're launching this sitting is our weekly webinars, our study series of webinars. And again, if you go onto the LearnSignal site, we'll be able to direct you to them. But what these weekly webinars are, are not just to keep you motivated and, you know, to give you some direction to your study and check in how you're getting on. But it's also a chance for students to kind of talk at the end of the week. They're on each Friday at one o'clock. Um, so to talk at the end of the week, maybe some issues they had with their studies, some areas they're struggling with or any other questions. So that weekly webinar um, series is going to be running this sitting. And it's a great way for you just to feel like you have someone to talk to at the end of each week and to get some tips and to make sure you're on the right track.
1: If you're enjoying listening to the Forget the Numbers podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate us on your podcast provider.
0: So looking now at the stories that we had this week, there's two stories. The first one, which we saw, is a Global Cities report was released. And they outlined what the most competitive cities in the world for business are this year. Um, So I don't know if you have any guesses, but I won't (laughs) land it on you. Um, So the, the three that they've said are the most competitive are New York, London and Paris. And I think they have kind of consistently been in the top. So what this... Report looks at is cities who have the most business activity, the highest standard of human capital and information exchange, um, and they compare them globally. And the UK uh, or London, rather, is in this year. And what they've had is thirteen unicorn companies, um, which are companies that have are valued at over one billion. So in the past year, they've had thirteen companies come through that are valued at over one billion, which wow. is kind of phenomenal. Um, so this is obviously interesting for a number of reasons. We have a lot of students globally, so there might be some from these cities. But it's also interesting, um, kind of from the case study base that you sometimes see, because people think when they're they're asked questions or given scenarios that they can only use mm. the information that's included within that mm. scenario. But what you actually often find is you can draw on knowledge from what's happening in the real world. and. You know, you might be given a situation where you're a company and you're looking to move into maybe London or a less developed city. And using some of the points that you can see from things like these reports could be factors that influence the decision. Mm. So, you know, this report was based on elements of workforce, Mm. education, the level of business activity. So all these things are points that you can bring into um, your answers
1: definitely and what how do they so they obviously is it based on the amount that the cities are earning like the companies within it or is it based on as you said like holistically like workforce standard of education standard of living what i, I think it's it?
0: the, the combination of everything yeah um yeah the, the certainly the the business activity and the valuation of businesses and i think you know, the number of new companies and how they're performing is a factor. Yeah. But also all the other elements and probably the investments that are going into in technology and education in those um, countries would certainly have Mm. a factor as well.
1: That's interesting. I thought there would have been another US uh, city.
0: Yeah, I I was surprised. Um, Yeah, I suppose London, New York and Paris are ones you might expect. But uh, yeah, I thought... Paris,
1: I would have expected maybe... Another US city over Paris. So that's yeah, quite interesting. I would have
0: thought, yeah, maybe something out California's. Yeah, Valley, yeah, direction. that's what I
1: was thinking, just in terms of the whole kind of tech tech burst that's happened over the last ten years. And but, Dublin, where we're from. Of and course. Dublin, don't forget about Dublin. <laughs> maybe next year. We'll <laughs> yeah. see next year. <laughs>
0: um, so the next story we have is to do with plastic and sustainability. So in a bid to reduce plastic usage Hotels and regulators are trying to outlaw the little bottles of shampoo and conditioner and body wash that you get in hotels. So I think this is mainly happening in the moment in the U.S. and in California, I think, in particular. But they are trying to pass legislation that bans these little plastic bottles and replaces with refillable dispensers and this is kind of aligning with a lot of trends that we're seeing um, such as kind of banishing plastic straws Mm -hmm. and plastic bags Mm -hmm. single-use plastic bags Um, and another company who's kind of taking trying to take a charge in this is actually Starbucks who at certain airport locations are trialing the use of reusable cups so when you go to the airport and buy a coffee that when you finish that and get to your gate you'd be able to leave it at the gate and then they'd be reused so to try eliminate yeah so Ah. just um but i think reusable ones so that they're not just thrown in a bin sure yeah they go back yeah um, and
1: potentially the wrong bin you know because i think that's something that comes up a lot with um with this whole kind of sustainability and um conversation is that some people aren't even recycling in the right way, and no. and some companies aren't recycling in the right way. So it's kind of a and education it's part piece. Part of as the well.
0: problem, yes, yeah, they think they're doing everything. but yes. it might be having little yes. impact.
1: Totally. Um, yeah. It's such a huge topic at the moment, isn't it? How do you think that impacts? How would you, how do you, how do you think that impacts, you know, somebody sitting an exam? How can they use such an interesting topic that will come up um, maybe over dinner or with friends, like um, in an exam situation or to understand their course more?
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's something we see with exams. And it's actually an area students struggle with a bit is mm-hmm. when you're studying for exams, you can get very corporate and very cold and business like. Sure and you're doing case studies, and you're thinking about profits. And, you know, it's all to do with numbers and money. But a big part of it, and a big part they're trying to bring into the exams now is looking at it from a more commercial sense. yeah. And um, from that sustainability and ethical sense. So sometimes in a case study, you'll be shown two products, or two projects, maybe. Mm-hmm. And one might be slightly more profitable, mm-hmm. but it might not be sustainable, it might be bad for the environment. Mm-hmm. And you need to have that commercial sense mm-hmm. to not just look at the numbers but to also say you know the the environmental impact yes. of accepting that that would also impact you know your your brand and your reputation mm. so maybe taking that project is not actually the best course of action mm, for your company and yeah so again it, it comes back to that not just being so you know drowned in the theory and mm. what you study and thinking about the numbers but actually thinking commercially and in a real world like what is a good choice that a person should, yes. should take, and the the kind of impacts that that could have, yeah, yeah environmentally and ethically, and on your brand. Yeah. So again, particularly this week, it's relevant because we're very much on the topic of well being, but also thinking about that broader well being and the the kind of implications of your decisions is really important yeah. when sitting cases as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's huge amounts of case studies that you can look up. You know, in terms of when big corporates or big kind of conglomerates take an easy route which may be the cheaper route and it massively damages reputation or brand and then ultimately affects profits it's huge amounts of uh, and so that's why exactly kind of the, this conversation is really interesting if it is going to be if this is going to be a more a common topic that people talk about uh, and something that you know employees customers expect of big brands big companies um, then ultimately that will impact profits if they're not um, if they're not showing efforts to to make a change and and to make a a better change for the climate. Each week at the end of the show, we answer questions sent in by our listeners. You can send in your questions by email to podcast at podcast.learnsignal.com or tweet us at LearnSignal.
0: So finally, we'll look at some of the questions that came in from students this week. Um, So the first one is from Claire in Ireland, actually. So she said... Sometimes my week is hectic and I can't get any study done until the weekend. Should I then try to fit it, all my study in then? Um, so what would you think for Claire? I think the issue is, you know, if you do fall behind during the week, are you then supposed to do a 10 hour a day on a Saturday? Or what would what mm-hmm. would you think it
1: there? Is, yeah, it's a regular one that comes up. I mean, I guess... It, your week, it's kind of what we said in terms of our advice would be, you know, if your week is hectic, do still do a little bit often as much as you can, even if it's like, you don't need to think that it's, oh, I need to do two hours a day. But if on a Monday, you can only do 45 minutes, do 45 minutes, that will stand to you. Ultimately, like, Overall, I wouldn't recommend front noting anything like putting so much pressure on a day because you do not know what's going to come up on that day. If you have all of Saturday's study, you don't know, is your neighbor going to pop into you? And, you know, you don't know what's going to pop up. So my advice would be if you can't, you know, do your two hours, your hour and a half a day, do something and do it often. Um, and then... And then basically get ready to follow the the programs as well. I think people that have the, I think if you start making a little bit of time every day, you'll be able to follow the bootcamp program as well. And the boot camp is is proven to 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 ensure that you pass your exam. Um. So I would I would probably go along the lines of more a little bit often, not putting so much pressure on one day. Yeah.
0: I no, I think you're definitely right there. Uh, like I think it once again it comes back to that planning element and. Yeah. You know, sometimes you'll know that your week's going to be crazy with work and it's not about trying to change that or being annoyed by that, but really just accepting that you might not be able to get study done and amending your plan to find other times to do it. Mm -hmm. But as Kate says, that doesn't mean completely cutting off, you know, doing any study in a day. You don't need to do three hours, but if you Mm -hmm. know you've a really busy week, maybe that week you just dedicate your lunch hour to doing kind of 40 minutes and trying not to let it build up so that it hits a point where yeah. you have to catch up on all these weeks. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, yeah, really good advice. It's and
1: just, another thing, just sorry, on that, we had a student that told us that she would listen to learn signal lectures when walking her dog. So like everyone at some stage is going to be walking or, you know, you're going to be commuting. So even if your week is hectic, you still can.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A little bit. Um, And the last question comes from Courage in Spain. And they said, I sat SBR in June and don't think it went too well. If I start preparing for advanced audit and assurance now and some of my fears are confirmed in the results, can I do both in September? And so what I would say here, and again, this is a question we get in regularly. I think we had this in last week and it always comes up is definitely don't wait until results to make your decision because You know, if you look at the two possible outcomes, you could you could not do any study now and then you get to your results and you've passed Mm -hmm. and then you're six weeks behind in your preparation for audit or you get there and you've failed and then you still only have six weeks to do either subject. I would, you know, just look at it that you're doing advanced audit and assurance Mm -hmm. in September and start your study for that now and try to do that full cycle and give yourself the best chance of passing that You know, you don't have to sit SBR in September, um, but at least you've given yourself the option, if you do pass, of getting the best chance for advanced audit. And, you know, you can reassess with results, but the last thing you want at results is then to suddenly realise you're way behind on doing either. We'd always recommend just trying to do one each sitting, but if, you know, you do need to do both, you're not going to be able to do both if you only have six weeks Mm -hmm. to study for the two. But at least if you start now with advanced audit, you're in the best position to make that decision um, when results do come out. So that would be my plan for you there, um, and hopefully that was helpful. So we're going to finish up there today for the podcast. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll hopefully see you back here next week. Thanks, Kate.
1: Thank you so much, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.